Live from the Business Radio X studio inside Renaissance Bank, the bank that specializes in understanding you. It's time for North Fulton Business Radio. And hello again, everyone. Welcome to another edition of North Fulton Business Radio. I'm John Ray, and folks, we are broadcasting from inside the best bank in the United States. Renaissance Bank. Now, that's not my opinion, although I think a lot of Renaissance Bank. I'm just quoting what Forbes magazine says, and that's what they, the conclusion they came to in the latest survey that they did of best banks in the United States. And they ranked them, and there you go. Renaissance Bank is number six on that list. So that's pretty exciting news. And I think if you go to renaissancebank.com, find one of their local offices, give them a call, and go sit down and visit with one of their folks, I think you'll understand why they received that designation. So I encourage you to do that. Renaissance Bank, understanding you, member FDIC. And now I want to welcome Kim Eikoff. She is with Kim Eikoff Coaching. Kim, welcome. Thank you. How are you? I, I love it. Um, I'm I'm great. I'm <laughs> great. I'm, and I'm particularly glad to have you here to tell us a little bit about you and what you do. Well, thank you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Um, Yeah, so I'm Kim Eikhoff, Kim Eikhoff Coaching, I call it. I love helping small business owners, whether they're the CEO or just the owner itself. Um, I say creating an inspired business is how I like to define it. So Mm. an inspired business to me is something where the owner's happy, obviously, doing the things that they love. But then they have a team of people who are also able to come to work and use their I guess, talents and abilities to the best of their ability um, and feel like they're a part of something and obviously rewarded financially, but also um, helping something grow that they can be proud of, essentially. So creating a space where everybody enjoys being. What are you finding these days as you look at your uh, clients, the, the companies that you work with? What are the obstacles to keeping them from having what you call an inspired workplace? Well, I think a lot of times the the people that I start working with have been in business for many years mm-hmm. and it grew quickly. So sometimes their vision is not so clear anymore. So what they started off doing um, has kind of evolved quickly and they've hired people and that sort of thing, but there's no clarity around where they're headed anymore. And then their team's not clear about what they're doing. So they're just sort of hiring people for a job, mm-hmm. right? And the person's doing that for money, but there's not this deep sense of connection or anything. So mm. That would be the biggest challenge, I think. Yeah. And is is that because they didn't they uh, have lost the mojo they had to begin with, or is it because it, they never really planted that effectively in terms of uh, company culture? What what are the reasons for that? You think? Yeah, I think. I don't think it's they lost it. I think they forget about it because okay. it gets so busy, right? right? Building your business. I mean, right. there's so many things to take care of. And so we get stuck in this um, kind of hamster wheel. Just I just have to bring money in to pay the bills and pay my employees. And your head's down and you're not really looking around at kind of where you're headed, I guess. So mm-hmm. that's the biggest piece. Got it. Um, let's do a detour here for just a second and talk about you. Um, the journey in building your coaching practice and um, what led you to working with companies in the way you do? Well, I 
think it really started years ago. My dad was an entrepreneur and had his own small business called Bank Earnings International. And he, it was here in Atlanta and he started that, I think when I was around six Mm. and he grew that to be a fairly large company, 200 or so employees and eventually sold it. I think when I was in my twenties, so I got to see somebody create something from scratch, mm-hmm. right? He didn't, I mean, he was very poor growing up and that sort of thing. So this was like his whole whole thing he created. Um, so I knew it was possible. And then I also saw all the good he did with his money, not only fun things, but he helped a lot of people with it. So it just kind of started this, I guess, this thing in me that I wanted to help other people. Um, but I was a musician also, and I didn't really want to be in business because I saw him coming into work, well, coming into the house every day and you know leaving for work, and he had his suit and tie on, and I'm not really a suit and tie kind of person. <laughs> and he was like, I'm off to you know my work or whatever. And right. that was my idea of a business. And uh-huh. so I was like, no, I want to be a musician. That's what I want to do. But in my mid-20s, I wasn't really making money as a musician, so I decided it was probably time to get a job. Um, I had a bachelor's in music business, so I went to work not in music, but as a as a business manager. So I have helped small business owners from that perspective, I guess, for, I don't know, the first 10 to 15 years of my career. And then in my 40s, I decided to go back to school and get an MBA. Mm-hmm. And through that, met a guy who needed help with his small business and started kind of consulting, coaching, and then it just sort of evolved. So that was 2010. Yes. Oh, okay. Got it. But I'm curious, what what about music? And you you're still involved in music, right? Yeah. On the side. So what what about music? What do you learn from that? And what do you bring from music into your coaching practice? That's a good question. Um, I think the main thing is for me is being authentic and following your heart, doing something you love. Mm-hmm. And so the types of business owners that I love to work with do something very similar. They're not creating something just to make money. I mean, obviously that's a goal, but they're very passionate about it. So for me, that's what music was. I think the other piece was I, you know, like through the songs that I wrote and performed, hopefully they inspired other people to do things that were important to them. Mm -hmm. That was sort of the messages, I guess. And that's the same thing that I do now, but in a coaching way. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, it's interesting how the themes or your why, right, run through right. all the things that you do in your life. For you sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Kim Eikhoff is with us, folks, and she is uh runs her own firm, Kim Eikhoff Coaching. Um Kim, let's talk about toxic culture. That's another that's a one particular area of focus for you. How do you identify toxic culture? Well, it's sort of the regular things that you think of a mm-hmm. lot, right? Like more mm-hmm. low morale, low productivity. Um, your ROI is not that great on your employees. There's a high turnover rate. I think the main thing, though, that I really enjoy looking at along my journey. I forgot to mention I had a, I got a counseling degree, a master's in counseling. Oh, so one of the pieces that I really look at is the psychological safety that companies create for employees mm-hmm. to interact with each other as well as with the leaders, and that's a big clue if if people don't feel psychologically safe then that's a big clue that there's toxicity in that culture gotcha Um, so it's not usually a healthy or a very fun place to be right right and do toxic cultures grow on their own or i mean how much responsibility does the leader of the business does the owner of the business have for culture or i mean because i think we a lot of times we just put it at their door Right. Right. But um, don't organizations have their own personality? And sometimes that 
um, culture grows uh, on its own to some degree. Yeah. 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 Well, I, I think if you don't, if you're not actively setting it, I mean, we all know how hard relationships are in general, personal relationships, they are work. Mm -hmm. You have to work at it. So I don't know why, but for some reason we think in our organizations, we don't have to actually work at our relationships. We just show up and we do our job and everything else should just take care of itself. And that's just not going to happen. So yes, as leaders, we have to, I always say you need to create the culture you want to create with the values that you want and you better set it because if you don't, the strongest personality or personalities in your company will, and they're not usually the best personalities that you want setting it. They're the strongest ones, but they're not usually the So if you are very clear that this is the kind of workplace that I want, then yes, you have to actively do that. Now, that goes on to say you have to hire people who are in alignment with that, right? Mm-hmm. Because if they're not, it's, you're right, it's going to veer off and take a turn somewhere. And you just have to constantly be talking about those things, doing things that bring um, all of that energy back to where you want it to go and how you want it to feel. So, Got it. And let's, let's get into the, the, I guess the leadership mindset and the, the, you mentioned that leader that's been in their business for years now, and maybe they're like the fish in the water. They don't even know they're in the water anymore, right? They can't really uh, see the forest for the trees. So what, what do you bring to the table for that kind of leader? Well, that's kind of the place that we start. We mm-hmm. start with, are you clear on your mission, right? What is your purpose? Mm-hmm. What are your values? Are you giving back to your community? What does that look like? And then are you clear on your strategy? So how are you going to get where you want to go? Mm-hmm. If you think about, if I get in a sailboat or we get in a sailboat, right? Mm-hmm. And we don't know where we're headed and the winds come and the waves come, what's going to happen? going to be lost, right? right? We're going to be yep. pushed around, pushed around. Right. And we may end up going somewhere, but we're probably just going to kind of end up wandering all over the place. Mm-hmm. But if we know that this is the island I want to get to, mm-hmm. and I'm in this sailboat, and the winds are going to come, and the waves are going to come, but I know at least you know the direction to go, Right. we will handle those things that pop up, but we can get back on track. And so that's the biggest thing that I don't think a lot of companies that have been growing quickly are always that clear about. So mm-hmm. getting clarity around the strategy to get to where you want to go is also really important. And then sharing all that information with your employees in a way that makes sense for them so that I know when I'm doing this one job, if I'm laying bricks at this job, am I building a wall or am I building a cathedral? And what is that cathedral look like, right? So I want to know that this is a part of something bigger than just myself. I like that metaphor. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, so talk about the the conversation and how it continues to unfold with that business leader because at a certain point don't you have to talk to employees and see kind of where their what their perspectives are because the leader doesn't already <laughs> they don't always <laughs> that's know. surprise surprise they don't always know what what's going on in the heads of those uh, employees or they, they, he wouldn't be that he or she wouldn't be hiring you. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. true. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think leaders always think they know, right. right. <laughs> like, of course. This is the problem. <laughs> like, well, yeah. Um, so I do a process where I call it strategic thinking, execution planning. So we spend usually the first two days of a kind of agreement, um, going through a process that I have to see 
where the leader is usually the owner or the CEO and their executive team. Mm-hmm. So we go through this whole process. So that helps us see where at least they are aligned and where they're not aligned. On the employee level, depending obviously on how many employees, but I do, I love doing individual interviews with people, like 30 minutes, just to kind of see what do they think the problems are, right? How do they feel here? What do they think the problems are? And then I can start to see a theme usually or several themes on what they all believe the problems are versus just what the leadership thinks the problem Mm. is. Um, And then have a conversation with the leadership. And I never tattle on anybody. It's always about, you know, this is confidential. I just really want to know what's happening overall. And then I go back to the leadership and then we have those discussions. Like these are the three top problems that I'm hearing. What do y'all think? And then how do we kind of include those in the plans that we're creating to help you make some changes? Now, how big is the aha when you come back with that? Those findings? <laughs> <laughs> I'm real curious about that. <laughs> yeah, some uh, some leaders handle it better than others. Some, I can imagine. Yeah, some yeah. get pretty defensive, You're right? Um, and blame the employees, and then others who I think probably are become more successful. I would guess. Um, are able to see that, okay, yeah, maybe these are some blind spots that we have mm-hmm. and these are some things. And if you can, I think help connect how these problems are affecting these other things that the leaders are talking about are the problems. Right. And then it makes a lot more sense, you know, sure. cause I think like the culture thing, people, yes, it's important to have a good culture, but when you really think about if you have a lot of individuals in your company that are fairly unhealthy or they don't know how to communicate very well, or their interpersonal skills aren't that great. I mean, the company just is not going to be very successful, right? Mm-hmm. So if you, on an individual level, can help people learn those skills better, then the overall company will grow a lot healthier. And so when people can kind of see, oh, well, this could be a communication issue, and it's usually top down. I mean, they're not usually communicating all that well either. That's one of the hardest things to do, I think. So yeah, I think there are a lot of aha moments, but how people handle those, I don't know. It depends on them and their personalities. So. <laughs> right. Um, wh- how does the pandemic figure into all this, and how has that changed uh, where cultures are in some of the clients that you work with? Well, uh, so a research that I recently read said three out of five employees are thinking about leaving now mm-hmm. because of connection problems. So they don't feel connected to the leaders and where the business is going. They don't feel connected. Like they can be authentic with their team members or, or their managers. Um, and they don't feel connected to their kind of individual job, kind of like the cathedral idea, right? Like what am I doing here and how is it really affecting overall mm-hmm. things? And I think with the pandemic, Obviously, with going virtual, that's made things more difficult in a lot of ways. Um, but even before that, I think people were disconnected on some levels. They just go and do their job and then they leave right. and go home. And so I think the pandemic just magnified the problems that companies had. Uh, they, I think they were there before, but um, yeah, it just got much, much clearer what the problems are. So the pandemic was a revealer. Oh, yeah. Uh, not, not necessarily a creator. No, I mean, I'm sure in some areas it was somewhat of a creator, but yes, it just, to me, it took a crack and just made it huge. And you're like, okay, so that's really the problem here. It's not just one little thing. Well, and in a way, that's an opportunity for the companies that really want to change, for the business leaders that really want to uh, do something different to take the next step, right? Absolutely, yeah. 
Totally. And trying to hire, you know, that's been a big problem, right? The great resignation and hiring new people. And to me, all of that comes back to, are you clear on your values and your mission and where you're going? And are you clear on how you're going to get there? And are you sharing that? And do people see their path through there? Because money is a motivator to a certain extent, but it's not the biggest motivator. And so Mm -hmm. if I can see, yeah, this is where I'm coming in and this is my path forward and what I get to learn and grow and, and do differently. Um, I think you attract and you're in alignment with the values of that company or that organization. I think you're going to attract really great employees that want to stay there a long time. That's what I keep seeing. So what, how long does an engagement with you last? I could see how it would be quite a while because it may take quite a while to make the changes you need to make. Right. Nothing really happens overnight, unfortunately. Um, Usually it's at least a year. So we'll start off with the two days create kind of our plan for the next 90 days. Mm -hmm. And if they want coaching help to implement that stuff, I call it implementation coaching, you know, then I'll meet biweekly or something with the, um, the team or the leaders. And then in 90 days, we do another strategic thinking execution planning day. And we reveal kind of what did we do? How did we do it? And then what do we need to focus on now the next 90 days? So it's kind of broken down into 90 day chunks, which helps. Right. Got it. And, the how do what how do you recommend what the I guess the course of action is? I mean, how I know it depends on the client, but what are those factors that cause you to say, "Hey, these are the things we need to focus on"? Well, I, my process is this is where I think I'm different yeah. from a lot of um, maybe consultants and coaches. I facilitate a process that helps you reveal that. So I'm not going to tell you necessarily that you need to do these things, mm-hmm. but it's more these are the things that we have to have functioning in our businesses. I have these five disciplines that we look at, and we go through the different pieces of the five disciplines, and then they can start to see, oh, okay, these are gaps that we don't have. Right. Um, and then I'll help them kind of put it into – kind of an organized way of setting goals, priorities, and then action plans. And then they're on their own to implement if they want, or if they want me to help them, I can, but that doesn't have to be. So, so you operate from the premise that the, the clients you work with really already have the answer. It it just hasn't bubbled up to the surface. Yeah. Or they're not taking the time to think about this stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, as executives, really, we should be paid to think about these things, the strategy and vision and where we're going. We just get busy with all the other stuff and all the fires that come up. And so this time is meant for them to take the time to really think about it and figure out, yeah, okay, what is it we want to do? And then how are we going to do this? So yes, they have the answers. It's just helping them access them. Let's talk about what's at stake for the clients you work with, because a toxic culture has a bottom line effect, obviously, or you wouldn't get hired, right? I mean, business owners are looking to to improve uh, their results through improving their culture. So what is that bottom line effect? I mean, do you have any thoughts on that? Well, I think one, your turnover obviously is very high when mm-hmm. you have a toxic culture. So that's very expensive. Yep. We all know that, right? Hiring people and training them and then losing them and having to start all over. Not to mention sort of the pain in the butt <laughs> factor around right. that. It's right. not fun doing that over and over again. No. Um, and then obviously the productivity side, if a toxic culture exists, your productivity. I mean, if you don't feel good about where you work, 
are you think you're going to go into work excited to be there every day and to do a, a good job and to like hit it out of the park? No, you're going to go in, you're going to do the bare minimum, get your paycheck and go home and probably be looking for something else on the side. So your productivity obviously is not very great. And then as a result, your profit margins are not that great. So the efficiency is down. Um, the quality of work is down. Customers are usually not happy when employees aren't happy. That affects your customers. And so it's just holistic. I mean, it affects everything. You know, right. I think. Yeah. So, uh, Kim, I would love it as we uh, draw to a close here. If you could share maybe a success story, uh, one that uh, you don't have to mention names, of course, but um, a success story that illustrates the transformative work you do. Mm, sure. Um, well, I have a particular client that I work with as a meal delivery service mm-hmm. um, owned by a, a married couple. And they, when we started, they had a lot of turnover and it's an hourly, you know, kind of work that they hire for a lot of times. Right. And this was many years before the pandemic. And so a lot of turnover and a lot of um, just kind of inconsistency, I guess, in the quality of the employees that were showing up mm. for the jobs that they were trying to hire for. So we did a lot of this work trying to get clear on their mission, get clear on their purpose, clear on their strategy, set all those things in place, and then also get clear about um, how do we offer these jobs in a way that help people support the lives that they want to live? Because they were typically part-time jobs and they're hourly jobs. So it's like it's not somebody's full-time gig, but at the same time, wanting to attract high-quality employees. Sure. So before the pandemic happened, we were really starting to form that team by getting clear about who we're hiring and how we're doing all that. So we had those kind of values that we shared with people and attracted those people to us. And we were paying a a really good wage at the time too. And then as the pandemic hit and all the restaurants started closing, our business took off because it was a meal delivery service, right? Mm -hmm. So everybody needed and wanted what we did. Sure. And so all of a sudden that opened up a lot of employees that were available that we were able to find that really wanted to be a part of this as well. And so over the last, I guess we've been working about five years or so, um, they've grown, I don't know, 200% in their revenue at this point. So it just keeps going and their profit margins keep growing as well, which I, that's my biggest thing to keep focusing on, right? Because we can grow our revenue all day long, but right. if our profits shrink, it doesn't make any difference. You're working harder and you're not making any more money. So um, that's the part that I would like to focus on too. And then we have just a really solid team. And so we have a lot of now full-time employees cause we've mm-hmm. added other days that we can do other things. And just the, the services have grown as a result. So, so who is a good fit for you? Um, the, someone's heard this, what you've had to say, and they think they might be a potential, uh, client for you to talk about the types of companies that you work with size industry, what have you. So I love working with business owners, first of all, that are really wanting to grow and learn themselves. Mm -hmm. I believe that we cannot grow our businesses if we are not growing ourselves. And so I want to work with people who are open to that. Um, They usually have anywhere from five to 10 to 20 employees when we start. Mm -hmm. So they have a team. It may not be where they want it to be, but it's kind of going in that direction. And they may not be making the money that they really want to make. So their revenue could be growing, but like I said, their profit margins may not be, they may be shrinking or just staying the same. And sometimes they're just frustrated, you know, cause they, they're like, I'm working so much harder now, which is great. Cause we're making more money, but ultimately they're not making more money. So mm. it's just something to help them with. So it, 
and it can be any industry. It doesn't really matter. I tend to really love working with creative types. So like this meal food products for whatever reason is an area that I've kind of found a lot of clients in. And then the technology world, like video production, website production, um, a lot of photography type things. So kind of architects yeah, all over the board. Right. Right. Got it. Kim Eikhoff, folks. She is uh, Kim Kim Eikhoff Coaching. That's her. (laughs) Growth strategist and uh, uh, I guess a culture doctor. (laughs) How does that that sound? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Terrific. Well, Kim, let's get to the most important question, which is how folks can get in touch with you. I have a website that you can visit, kimikoff.com, and it's E-I-C-K-H-O-F-F. It's not the easiest name. Um, and Or you can find me on LinkedIn, and you can just usually send me a message through my website if you want to do that, or mm-hmm. LinkedIn, and I'd Ter- love to hear from people. Terrific. Kim Eikoff, folks. Kim Eikoff Coaching. Kim, it's been a pleasure. Thanks so much for coming on. Thank you, John. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Hey, folks, just a quick reminder, if you're in and around – the Johns Creek area, and you are getting some sla- some uh, flack from your family, whoever you're taking food home for, because you keep going through the same old dry fast food place or wherever you're going to get dinner, and you need a better choice. ANS Culinary Concepts has got the, the ticket just for you. They have uh, let us cook for you meals. And they come from those meals come from their award-winning culinary studio and the corporate catering work that they do, the same kind of food that they fix for their corporate clients. They send out the door for in their lettuce cook for you meals. And uh, I know they're terrific. I'm now a hero at home because I go through and get some of their meals and they're terrific. So if you're looking for something like that, um, my suggestion is go to their website, asculinaryconcepts.com, or give Andrew Traub a call. He's the executive chef there, 678-336-9196. Uh, and while you're at it, check out their corporate catering and their corporate team building and their big green egg boot camps. They've got a lot to offer over there. And folks, just a, a quick reminder and an ask, uh, if you don't mind, uh, North Fulton Business Radio is on all the major podcast apps. We're on show number, I think this may be 450, actually. Um, but what the way we grow is and help business leaders that we have on our show is the show gets shared. And that's the most common way that the show is found. And we would love it if you would share the show. If you've heard something here from Kim that you think would be helpful to someone else that you know, please share the show. We want our uh, guests to be found and we want them to be celebrated because they do great work. So if you could help us help them, we greatly appreciate it. So for my guest, Kim Eikhoff, I'm John Ray. Join us next time here on North Fulton Business Radio.